Welcome, 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 everybody, to the Lowest Ass Podcast. Welcome Happy, back. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Happy to have you along for the ride today. We got a shockingly basketball-centric uh, podcast for you today. What's that, sir? Can you believe that, dude? Right? We're talking basketball? When I know. We, when do we ever do that? We've never talked basketball before. That <laughs> never happens. That never happens. But uh, as we always do, we're going to ask John. How's John doing today? Oh, the it's like the John temperature test. I've realized now that like part of the format, I feel like is you, you starting off with asking me how I'm doing. So for the coming podcast, I'm going to try and think of something funny to say every time. It's not starting with this episode though. I didn't think of anything funny to say. I'm doing well, Caleb is, uh, is my answer. Um, let's see. Uh, the sun is out right now. It's a beautiful day where I am right now. And I didn't even go outside. So it do be that's, like that sometimes. Yeah, it do be like that sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I will say though, like when I did go outside today to get like my, uh, like one, um, I even get. Oh, I got like lunch, and I like came right back. I like got a really nice like outfit on today. I'm just gonna flex about that. You know, sometimes I can, you just I gotta, can see it. Yeah, that's very nice. Right? Right? No, I, cha- I changed actually. <laughs> this is not even the one I wore, but you know, this is like one of my favorite jerseys. This is a Draymond Green jersey. If you couldn't tell already, um. March fifteenth. Yeah, that guy comes back. What's that? March fifteenth is when he's March supposed 15th. to come back. That's, yes. not, that's, what, that's yeah. the day he was shooting for. Well, that does kind of like uh, touch on what we're a little bit talking about today. Um, but as always, we're going to start the episode with the weekly rundown. We got a couple of projects to talk about. Um, to start off, I want to talk about uh, the Ballers and Flunks collab that was announced today. Um, mm-hmm. We know that the uh, ballers have actually collabed with a few different projects over the past few weeks, or at least they've teased that they will. I know that the ballers have uh, teased that they're doing one of ones uh, with the Pirates of the Metaverse project from Crypto Poppy on Twitter. Uh, so that's been pretty popular. But then this ballers and flunks collaboration will allow 202 ballers holders to mint flunks. And the flunks that they do mint, if they're lucky enough, they'll actually become flunks ballers. Uh, so, so cool. 202, it's going to be super rare, so that's cool. Uh, if you haven't learned about the Flunks yet, go check out thelowestass.com. There's an article there uh, detailing everything about the Flunks, and it's continuously updated to make sure that it's always up to date. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be minting, too, because I have the whole pass, obviously. John, you have the whole pass as well. Me as well. This is my first fl- – I think we talked about this. this is my first Flow NFT outside of Top Shot and mm-hmm. NFL all day now. Um, which is so exciting, dude. I, I mean, I, again, I've always admired what the ballers has been able to do so far. I really like their community, really like how tight knit they are and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I really hope that, uh, it's kind of mirrored in the, uh, the flunks as well, because there seems to be a lot of like overlap in the sort of aesthetic style and, uh, the community. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if anybody out there is a, uh, is a big NFT person that hasn't been super into flow yet near gasless transactions, I think you have to put in like like 10 cents or something basically at the beginning and it'll last you a lifetime worth of transactions. So practically gasless, it's much better for the environment. It's a great option for, uh, for building for web three, obviously. So that's very exciting. Uh, I do have another project that I just want to super early alpha for is the pixel bots. Uh, the pixel bots is a project that is super, super new. It was recently on uh, ladies night with Steph pseudo and Swicky and, and a lot, obviously, um, 
to get into their Discord to actually get full access, you actually have to finish and play a game using a pixel bot that they have. They're planning on doing a PDE, obviously, for it. Uh, it's super early in the works. There isn't a set in stone mint date yet. But check it out if you haven't already. There's just under 100 people on the whitelist so far. So it's super, super new. We're, we don't know a ton about it, but that is a project that I uh, think would be really cool to check out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do have a project minting right now, John. You want to talk about uh, that? Yo, I got to tell you right now. So we were, Caleb and I had hopped on this uh, call before we even started recording. And we had been looking at this project. And I got to tell you, Caleb, we started this episode. And I got, there was about 1K-ish minted when we started oh my this episode. God. We're talking about the gutter clones. It minted out in like five minutes just now. 16,000. Uh, gutter clone juice nfts just minted out right now folks and that was live i mean i was watching it and, and i was trying to pay attention to you caleb obviously but i just saw this number just growing and growing and growing and i was like damn um but if you're not aware right now um the the gutter cats uh ecosystem has just launched their clone minting process and that started with taking a, uh, a snapshot of all of the uh if you owned any gutter uh species so cats rats dogs or pigeons if you own any of those you would get airdropped one um but if you didn't you still had an opportunity to mint your own uh gutter clone juice serum basically um and then if you didn't have uh any pre-existing uh gutter species then you would automatically just mint a random clone basically with with randomized um like uh traits and everything like that and so uh caleb and i were talking about this before the podcast how we weren't sure how this was going to go either way kind of because we're kind of skeptical obviously like we respect the project because it's done really well and it's been very sustained throughout this entire nft um like a year and a half that uh, it's been launched and stuff um but the the thing biggest thing for me honestly is how big of uh the the species of clones is going to be because right now they just did a 16,000 mint out for like uh, this Dutch auction. And then they still are going to be airdropping another 12,000. So we're looking at a total of almost 30 K. It's a lot for sure. And the fact that they were able to mint out just now 16,000 at point one about because the Dutch auction had been going on for four hours, basically, or three, something like that. Um, it started at point nine and fell all the way back down to point one. And point one is where everybody minted. I was even telling Caleb, like, point one one is happening and there's only like 300 minted or something like that. And I was like, I'm just going to mint one just because, you know, it can't go much lower than this. It literally can't. So, mm-hmm. um, but we shall see if it is a uh, if if it does well. I'm sure, like by the time this podcast comes out, we'll have a better idea. But for the time being, <laughs> this is kind of just like up in the air. Obviously, uh, I, I really like the aesthetic of the of the gutter collection. I actually had a gutter rat for a while. But um, to be honest, uh, looking at these um, like sneak peeks and stuff, if you st- if you follow Stony on on Twitter, he also posted these. Um, they are like four different ones from each of the different species. The one that is the coolest. I'm going to share my screen really quickly, Caleb, if that's cool with you. Um, yeah. So we'll check it out right here. You got the uh, the cats right here, the rats right here, the dogs right here, and the pigeons right here. I mean, like these. These are such cool uh, like aesthetics that they're using with it. Obviously, with if you don't have one already, it's a uh, uh, it's going to be randomized straight, so you won't really have an opportunity to like pick and choose kind of what you get. Nevertheless, though, uh, you always have to be excited when you see some really cool traits like that. So uh, that's what we're seeing right now, though. Um, very exciting. Um, yeah. 
And then uh, my other thing that I want to bring to you guys today is uh, this project called Paracelsus. I've actually been following this project for a while now. Um, they had actually done uh, a very like, I, I, not really drawn out, but like they spent a lot of time collecting like a really good community behind themselves before they actually launched their project. They're actually launching their uh, private mint tonight. So if you have a white list for it, or they call it a green list, I guess. Um, the project is kind of like a, um, it's like a faction based play to earn, I believe. Um, and uh, there's going to be 8,000 plots of land per faction. So that equates to about 32,000 plots of land. Again, bigger sized, uh, but I will say that um, their uh, structure that they're using for it seems pretty cool. Um, they have like a whole uh, green paper that um, showcases like what they plan to do with like a native currency um, and other uh, land assets and stuff like that. Um, again, we've seen this stuff already with NFT worlds and, and stuff like that, where if you have a good team behind you and you have a really good um, like roadmap, basically, uh, land cannot be more undervalued i feel like i mean i feel like if if there's an opportunity to own some land in in the metaverse or in, in in any virtual space um more times than not it's worth looking into just to just to see what kind of team they have and what their vision is um this is obviously not financial advice we never give that here but uh it's always a good way to <laughs> that very disapproving headshake <laughs> was very good. Um, but yeah, no, it's always good to look into projects like that. Uh, so yeah, um, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably on the secondary already. So definitely check it out if you haven't uh, heard of it already. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, uh, I will have to make sure and take a look at that. Cause I haven't been uh, as into the, into the mix for that sort of stuff lately. So I, I definitely mm -hmm. should be doing that. Uh, but we are going to pivot now a little bit to NBA Top Shot news. Do it. Um, first and foremost, they did a couple of quality of life in, um, upgrades today that I noticed. Um, you can see the number of moments now that are in the lock the locker room, which is pretty cool. Um, that way you can kind of see how many have been traded in. You can actually see the actual mint size of how many are actually out, which is nice. Um, and they also now have a uh, set tracker. So basically you can go in and see how many people completed each set in real time. And then also see uh, exactly who it is, what their collector score is, when they started Top Shot and what their favorite team is as well. So that's very cool. Go check that out. But the real reason we're talking about NBA Top Shot today is their trade ticket packs that they're launching. Uh, this week, by the time the podcast comes out, it may have already been released but uh, we do have Wednesday, the elite packs are going to be launched. They're going to be launching uh, some packs at 19 or sorry, uh, $50 actually us in dapper balance, or you can pay in 25 trade tickets in a different queue. So you will be able to buy moments without spending a, a cent of dapper balance. If you have a whole bunch of trade tickets already, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, and they did actually increase the chance at a rare or legendary moment. And as such, they obviously uh, lowered the number of total packs and the elite packs. I believe in HQ it's 18,000 packs total. So um, paying with tickets will be tough because obviously the line, I think it's going to be popping. I think it's going to be, you know, there's going to be a lot of people trying to test this out, test the waters for the first one, obviously. And with the odds at 33.8% to get a rare and point. 88% to get a legendary. Those odds are just simply too great to not trade 25 moments in. Considering the floor obviously being $2, are you planning on buying 
elites or standards or anything? What do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, well, sorry. Can you can you run that back? How much are the elite packs versus the, the standards? The elite will be fifty trade tickets. Okay. Um, and the standards will be it's twenty five. Uh, sorry, twenty five tickets. Sorry for the elite because it's fifty dollars, mm-hmm. and it'll yeah. be uh, ten trade tickets for the standard okay. as opposed to nine. Okay. I think I, I think I'm gonna just like kind of feel like I've done this with like the, the previous versions of this pack job where I'm just like, if I have an opportunity to buy as many as possible, I probably will. Mm-hmm. But that's purely because I have had a lot of traded in tickets, like just stocked up for a while. Um, I like just take you guys behind like the, the, the curtain. I've been like trying to like prepare myself for the reserve pack stuff. Like, but I, I haven't gotten to that point. And now, like, now that this is here, this is a more attainable goal for me, considering that like, I would still need to trade in like a couple hundred moments to get those, to get the train tickets I need to get the reserve back. Um, so I definitely will be going for these. Um, and then I feel like you kind of have to like, just like test the waters a little bit with, with this new system, because you don't really know. Um, of course, like you, we are getting better odds, which is a lot more enticing for me. Um, so I think just like it, it, it's, it's almost a no brainer to just like try it out at least. Um, and then see like what the odds are after that. Yeah, well, that's pretty fair. Uh, as for the standard pack, uh, I think yeah. I'll probably, yeah, I'll probably try to buy all of the ones that I can with trade tickets. I actually have 375, 380 tickets right now as we speak, because I did try, I have lined up for every reserve pack. It's still haven't got one, which kind of sucks, obviously. So it is nice to get some extra utility for some of these tickets, because I know there's plenty of us basically that have missed on all five. Well, we watched some of our friends get two or three of them already, and we're just kind of tired of owning the tickets. We just don't want them. And a good way to do that is to buy uh, packs with them. Even in the standard pack, like the odds are pretty good. You can get a common LE and 80% of packs, uh, 4.5% for a rare, and 0.07% uh, for a legendary. So obviously, you know, super, super thin odds, but that's to be expected, of course. Mm-hmm. There are some awesome moments. Like there's a Dame Lillard legendary hollow in there. It's like, Dunk, which is pretty cool. The Lamella Ball All-Star game is going to be in there. I believe the challenge for this one's going to be Steph Curry. And I don't know if you've seen the thumbnail for it, but no, it's super awesome. It's him holding that Kobe Bryant trophy up. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, at the end for getting the, uh, the All-Star game MVP. The one thing that I will say is that the actual pack list, and I'm just pulling it up as we speak here, the mm-hmm. common LEs are a bit underwhelming. Um <laughs> Now, Top Shot doesn't really get to choose who got traded because it is for the fresh thread set. Um, and Top Shot doesn't get to decide who gets traded. However, oh, it's yeah. still not very good. There's no Harden. There's no Simmons. It's expected there's going to be a second drop, obviously, which yeah. would make sense for Simmons or Harden to obviously – because Simmons hasn't played. He hasn't played, yeah. He, yeah. he hasn't played, so he can't be in there. Um, pardon me. But they should just he, do one – sorry. Sorry to interrupt. They should just do one with Ben Simmons just sitting on the bench, like <laughs> before he's even played or anything like that, just to so get some moment out there. My theory here is that he's going to sub in and it's going to be, you know, they're going to be down by like nine or something. And he's going to come out and just sink like four threes back to back to back to back. <laughs> and yeah. his first moment as a, as a net is going to be a, like a half court three point shot or something. Oh my um, god! They should, they should, they should. If they he does do that, they should have that be like the moment, and then they should cross cut it fade to him like practicing with Kyle Korver. Do you remember that? Yeah. You know that video that was going around and stuff. Yeah. Like, oh gosh, Kyle Korver is gonna make him a three point shooter now or something. You know? <laughs> no, 
No, Kyle Korver is <laughs> just going to teach him how to have like that cool swoopy hair, and that's about it, really. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, to give you an idea of the pack list, though, something like what to expect: uh, Kemba Walker, Andre Drummond, Karis LeVert, Marvin Bagley the third, Robert Covington. Finally, no more bottleneck for Robert Covington. That's a thumbs up. Uh, Serge Ibaka, Cam Reddish, Josh Hart, Demontis Sabonis, and the challenge reward will be CJ McCollum. Um, so yeah, like I said, pretty underwhelming. Uh, sorry, Kemba Walker will not be in the pack. He's from the first, the first draft. Mm-hmm. I was just reading from my write down list, but so yeah, Drummond, Levert, Bagley, Covington, Ibaka, Reddish, Hart, Sabonis with McCollum as a reward. Like from that list, like who's like, who would you like most want from that list? I mean, like, I, you know, I feel like Sabonis is probably the guy. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause he is the all-star among the, the group there. I just don't really like Sabonis, so maybe not. Yeah. Like, like for me, I would probably like my favorite player of that group is probably mm-hmm. Karis LeVert. Same here. Um, yeah. And I mean, there are some fun play types in this. Like the Sabonis is an assist, Hart is assist, uh, Reddish is a layup, Ibaka is a block, so that's good. Uh, Covington is handles, so if you're a big Ooh. moment ranks play person, um, a Covington handles could be really enticing. Because if he has a game where he drops, I don't know, like 15 points and double-doubles or something, and he gets like three assists or two assists, and he gets that boost, he could be a menace on some nights. Um, Bagley sucks. It's just a dunk. Uh, Levert is an assist. That's nothing new. Drummond is a block. Nothing new. Um, CJ McCollum is an assist. So that's kind of nice. But yeah, an underwhelming group of guys for this pack, obviously, mm-hmm. as far as commons are concerned. And not to drag this out too far here, but the 2022 All-Star Game set the guys to expect in this new pack. We're talking guys like LaMelo, Darius Garland, Jimmy Butler, Cat, MB, Booker, Van Vliet, Gobert. Uh, Doncic is probably the big get in this pack. Doncic, yeah. Ball, uh, and MB probably. Um, yeah. And then the Steph reward obviously will be a three pointer, one of his Oof. like billion from that game, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is which is super super awesome. And then Hollow Icon, uh, there are a few new minted Hollow Icons we're looking at. Uh, this one's an underwhelming one. Luke Kennard, uh, Chris Middleton, Carl Anthony Towns, Tyrese Maxey, and Damian Lillard uh, with an Anthony Davis reward. Um, Interesting. That is that is like an interesting list. Like that's almost like if you had projected who would have done the best this season, and then like that's the list you came up with. But like right now, like Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, like they're both like hurt or like you know not mm-hmm. playing their best, or you know like it, it it begs the question. Like I get it, I get it, but like you kind of wish it was it was something different. I don't know. But Luke Kennard though. But Luke Kennard, though, yeah, he really <laughs> saves the day. With this it one, is yeah. a game winner, which is cool. And he like it was it was a game winner when he like showed out, put up like twenty points in the quarter or whatever. Like he had a really yeah. good game. Uh, but it is still uh, Luke Kennard at the end of the day. Letter grade. We what, what would you say for, for the entire thing? Yeah, hollow all stars and uh, common elements. They're they're so lucky that the challenge reward is Steph, or it would be so much worse, bro. Yeah. Um. I'm going to give it a B minus. Give it a B minus. Okay. Because I still like a lot of the players, at least on like the rare side. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, it would have been like a C 
if if Steph wasn't the challenge award because I I dude I I, I want that like sixteen three moment. I wish they would just like jam pack all sixteen of them into like that one moment. So that's something like you have the background. Obviously, it's something that we haven't yeah. really talked a whole lot about. But like in the NFL all day, they have player mounts and they have team mounts where you'll get all of them basically. Like for example, oh. um, I think. No, you know what? It's not Aaron Donald, but there are some player debuts and things like that that are player mounts. Yeah, you get multiple yeah. things. So a guy gets, I don't know, 200 receiving yards or something crazy. You, like see, multiple catches, yeah. you get to see multiple catches. Um, something that I also didn't know is the common LEs that are just base moments that are going to be in this pack too. Cause there are some like notable ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking uh, Jason Tatum, 99, 99, DeAndre Aiden, 99 Kessler Edwards, four badge, uh, rookie out of 4,000. Uh, we're looking at a 10K Kevin Love, 10K Tyler Hero, a Dwayne Washington Jr., 12K debut. Hmm. Uh, Anthony Edwards is unbottlenecked because he's getting a 60K. Uh, so is Najee Mar- Marshall, what everybody's been waiting for. Um <laughs> And then 10K, Chris Paul, uh, Donovan Mitchell, and a 12K, CJ LB Davis. Okay. That's what we're missing. So, yeah, I I mean, I think I'm a C plus, maybe a C, honestly, in terms of pack Mm -hmm. contents. Because like you said, uh, the hollow, like the big hollow gets, like Dame is the guy you want, obviously. It's good, good. but he's not playing. So it kind of loses some of the the shine, obviously, on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the all-star game moments, those ones, like this is a much better all-star game cast than it was in the first pack. You got the Tatums and the Embiid's and the Doncic and the uh, Lamelo, basically. Like that's a great, that's a good group. Yeah, true. I mean, um, we, <laughs> we kind of looked at it earlier today. Wiggins is like at $50 right now for that. So, yeah. Wiggins, I, again, is the bottom of the barrel, though. Like we're comparing yeah. Wiggins to like Lamelo Ball here. Come on now. <laughs> Lamelo <laughs> Ball didn't need the the K-pop vote to to get That's it in the All Star game, so he was yeah, gonna dude, be on it, either way. I wish he was playing better right now because then he would have more of a leg to stand on. But that guy is just he's just kind of disappeared. Um, he, he got his votes though. Yeah, Paul George <laughs> didn't walk so that Andrew Wiggins could run. Is basically what I learned from this All Star game. Um, Paul George walks so Wiggins could also walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So uh, that kind of wraps up the trade ticket talk. We want to hear obviously from what you guys think uh, in terms of trade ticket packs that are coming this week. It is just a trial basis that they're doing this. They haven't announced that they're doing this for a pack or anything. They've only committed mm-hmm. to, I think two packs for this so far. So we will see down the road what they end up doing. Um, but we do want to pivot a little bit, keep it basketball though. Keep it flowing. We're going to uh, talk some hot takes for the season takes Um, and we're actually going to come back to our mid season takes and our early season takes basically uh, from way back in the preseason primer, probably next week or the week after basically and kind of see what we thought. Like I already know that all that stock I bought back in the day for Darius Garland is finally, it's finally finally coming out. Yes. Which is nice. But my, my belief in the Hornets maybe was unfounded at the time. So we will see. Yeah, but, all of my most of my award picks are probably going to be busted, but it's fine. I think I had Doncic and you had Durant for MVP. I think I had Durant or it. I don't think I had Steph. Sadly. No. no, you had Steph later in the season. I did have Steph later in the season. And I was also wrong about that. <laughs> but but speaking about yeah, true. But speaking of MVP, we do kind of I don't know if we differ on this. Maybe we'll go a little first yes. take okay, action let's go. here. But okay. 
MVP. If you had to give the award out today, who is your NBA MVP? All right, I'm sharing my screen right now for this for this. Go for it. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so this is this is a post I saw probably last night. I want to say, mm-hmm. um, and it is um, like basically breaking down all the basic advanced stats, advanced plus stats, and miscellaneous stats um, between. I think we're going to M- agree immediately. Embiid, Jokic, <laughs> and Giannis, um, but like I love. Okay, here's what I'll say. I'm going to start off with this. I love Embiid and I love Giannis. But if you look at the stats, it's not even close. Advanced no. stats. Can you, I mean, the whole goddamn column is Jokic. Yeah. All the if good ones. Saw, uh, like literally everything, anything that really matters for a team's success. And think about it. Like they're in playoff contention. And, and I will say like very healthy playoff contention without their two like best players playing alongside him. Like that is like some of the most insane stuff I've ever seen. Yeah. And the fact that like, he is doing this back to back like a year before where he already got MVP and he's outplaying how he did then. It's obviously like going to be a little bit of voter fatigue, but I still, I just think that like with, I mean, if you look at it that you break it down like this, it's kind of hard to say that Jokic doesn't deserve to be MVP because honestly, I was, I was, I was leaning towards Embiid purely because like he has, he just, I think is more emphatic with how he plays and like, he just like looks just so good out there that you can't not see him being an MVP. Mm-hmm. But like, I think this like stats speak like sort of like to uh, what everyone is sort of going to be probably considering during the voting period. But uh, yeah, no, for me, I, I think, I don't know if it's a hot take anymore, but I, I, I think Jokic is going to be getting MVP this year. What do you think? Okay. Oh, I agree. Um, I, I, I would vote emphatically for Jokic here. Um, at the beginning of the season, obviously, we talked about Durant as the MVP, and then it kind of pivoted to Steph. And this is kind of what we do every year. We go through, like, the five or six guys that we realistically would vote for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you obviously have guys this time of year, like DeRozan and Morant, that are kind of itching and trying to get into that group, but they're not quite there yet. Yep. But this is a two-horse race. Like, I'm sorry, Giannis. Like, you're doing really good. (laughs) But he has a team that has two other superstars, or at least close to superstars on them, in Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. And the only only player they're missing is Brooke Lopez. Like, your team is not missing a lot, and you're still not not dominating a lot of matchups. They've lost some gimmies lately, which leads me to Embiid and to Jokic. And now Embiid is a physical force, and he's probably the most dominating player in the entire league since Shaq, like even more so than, yeah. than prime LeBron, like you can't push and beat anywhere. Like nobody could. Um, however, there are some things that go against Embiid, and this isn't me trying to pitch Jokic as a, as just a hate fueled narrative against Embiid so that Jokic can win. But Embiid has Harden now, which means that the yeah. touches are going to get a little bit worse. The team is going to get better overall, obviously, but it doesn't necessarily help Embiid because Embiid was doing it with nothing before. He was doing it with just Seth Curry and Tyrese Maxey. But Mm -hmm. where that comes into play is when we talk about Jokic. And I don't know if anybody else has seen Nikola Jokic's team lately, but I watched an aggressive number of Nuggets games because my partner is a Nuggets fan. Mm -hmm. And they have probably a top three worst roster top four worst roster with if Jokic is not Jokic. there. They look a heck of a lot like the Aaron Gordon led magic to me, to be honest <laughs> with you, because 
I'm sorry, Monte Morris is not good enough. Uh, like, have, yeah, Will Barton is like maybe your third best player behind Aaron Gordon or like Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers, yeah. Jeff <laughs> Green. These guys are all guys. Jermichael Green. Jermichael Green. Both greens on there. Like two of the three greens or four <laughs> greens, I guess. Four greens because Jalen Green's the Jalen too. But basically like this team, in my opinion, would be the fourth worst team in the NBA if Jokic is not on that team. And instead, they're in the sixth seed. They're in that coveted, coveted sixth seed because you don't have to play the Lakers possibly or the Pelicans who's just on like a tear right now. Like you basically as the sixth seed get to go against the third seed in the West, which is probably the Warriors right now. The Warriors. If Draymond is still hurt come playoff time, I'm sorry. Like I, I love you, buddy, but like the Warriors do not look good. No, not at all. I'll be the first to admit that they don't have an answer for Jokic. Not a lot of teams have an answer. Nobody does. Nobody does. And like to give you an idea, like the Warriors, like if they're in third, which is probably likely where they end up, like they are still in first in defensive efficiency in the entire league. But over the last four weeks, they're 28. Like yeah. they need Draymond so bad. They need Draymond. They need Draymond so bad. But basically, my point is, is it not only do you see that the basic stats, Jokic leads almost all of them, excluding uh, what free throw percentage, blocks per game, and points per game. He is, however, leading rebounds, assists, steals, field goal percentage, two-point percentage, three-point percentage, three-pointers made amongst this group, uh, which is crazy. And then you could even go through all the advanced stats, such as P, like uh, the efficiency ratings and the win shares, offensive mm-hmm. and defensive, win shares per 48, win shares per 100. Uh, even the defensive stats, like Raptor, like – you're comparing Jokic to two of the best defensive players in the league, two defensive player of the year candidates in Embiid and Giannis, and the person that comes out as the best defender or the most reliable defender or the most versatile defender is Jokic because he's got that much better on defense. And he's playing with a bunch of G League players in a lot of cases or replacement level players in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. emphatically, it's Jokic. I think I I couldn't agree more at this point. It, it took it took a uh, I think a like thing like this like this this uh, pitcher for me to really think about it. But I mean, like he's just one of those guys who just kind of goes unnoticed unless like you actually yeah. are watching the games, you know. I mean, they can't um, even watch the games in Denver. Like they have a, a localized lockout, basically. <laughs> like, oh my god, yeah, yeah. but. The, he's doing he's doing insane things um and i like and they're kind of talking about this on no dunks today that like it's i i like i will say like Jokic is kind of running away with it when you look at it like this but like i don't know if we've seen like a like two-man race like this in a while you know like between Embiid and, and Jokic. probably say, since westbrook won his triple double year yeah that's what they said too uh with yeah. harden yeah oh, second. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so Again, and for for three big men like this to be the top three is also like just really cool to see. Like it's the revival of the big man, you know. We were always uh, we we've been very concerned that it's going to be just. I mean, not concerned, but like it is pretty much positionless basketball. But with like three MVP caliber players like this playing at their prime and like doing amazing things, it's just warms my heart you know you yeah. don't need any more take away the guards from the MVP for a little bit you know we don't need them and this is just me in denial because Steph was oh, if he just played a little bit better he could have he could have done it he could have done it this was his year dude like he I can't Draymond. stress that enough he needs Draymond yeah. 100% because I mean Steph can't be the distributor and and the score at the same time and 
unless Jordan Poole like mans up and like gets like 10 assists per game or something like that, it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, st- like this was, if, if there was ever a year for a narrative for Steph, it would have been this year. Yeah. I got to say, cause he yeah. did everything this year. He I literally so did everything this year, except be, except stay consistent. I think so too. Um, yeah, no, I 100% agree with you on that one. I think that like if it was going to be a year outside of the unanimous year, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, this would have been his probably his best narrative year, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, without Draymond setting screens for him and everything, and Clay's been a little slow to get back. I think the expectations probably for Clay were a little high. Yeah, just all things considered, usually a full year for guys after an ACL is about expected. I mean, we're looking at Boogie Cousins who tore his ACL like three years ago, and he's finally looking yeah. like old Boogie today. Yeah, uh, which can I just say he might be the second best player on that Nuggets roster now, which is crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> but yeah, to your point, to your point about positionless basketball, like it is kind of crazy when you look back five years ago. We were talking about all three of these guys, or two years ago, basically. We we're talking about all three of these guys being unicorns, and they yeah. are unicorns in their own sense. So sometimes we just beat that word to death in basketball, obviously. But these guys genuinely are because you have the most dominant force in the NBA and Embiid. You have the craziest skill set probably in the in the history of the NBA, maybe yeah. Jokic, because he's probably a top twenty passer, top ten passer all time, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's seven feet tall, and he's not particularly athletic. Yeah, and he's just like a funny, casual, quiet guy. Mm-hmm. And then you have obviously the freak who could just put fifty points and fifteen rebounds on you in a closeout game seven, game six, whatever it was in the finals. I think for me, like one of the craziest things that I've noticed, just go back to Embiid, is that like, I don't think I've ever seen a big man shoot a free throw as well as he does. Like, if you think about it, like he's like shooting like 88% free throws this year or somewhere around there. Like, like big men just like, I mean, assumedly just like never shoot a free throw well, but like to not even be able to take that out of your game, like, like send him to the line, you know, make him earn it. You know, it's always been that type of thing, but like with him, like he make like he will make that just like even more like compounding for like, you know, his, his case is just being a, just a well-rounded, like you said, unicorn type player. Um, but we keep seeing more and more of them. So what do we call him now? You know? Yeah. I mean, and we can't keep beating to death this idea that like everybody's a unicorn. Cause if everybody's a unicorn, then nobody's no a, one's unicorn. a unicorn. Yeah. But exactly. I, I would almost say, and this is, this might sound kind of crazy, but like, yeah, he's shooting 82% from the free throw line, which is actually down from last year, but mm-hmm. that would support the idea that him shooting 35% from three is actually him regressing past the mean basically. And he'll actually be a better three point shooter in the second, in the, in the third quarter of the season. Because, at, at the tail end of this year, sorry, mm-hmm. because generally free throw shooters that are over 80% shoot better than 35% from three, despite being six, seven for one. Like, uh, crazy. It is crazy. It's super crazy. crazy. Quick, couple quick hitters, though. Um, do you have a rookie of the year that kind of stands out so far? Uh, you know, um, I have been following the Cavs less, but I still probably would say Evan Mobley. I don't know. Do you, is that, is that something that you're agreeing with or, or where are you at? It's tentatively Evan Mobley, but it's getting yeah. tight with Jared Allen out and the Cavs just honestly yeah. diving down standings right now. right now. Like, yeah. if you told me, if you told me at the beginning of the season they were in the play in, I would say, wow, they did really good. But yeah, if you told right. me a month ago that they were going to end up having to play themselves into, play themselves on the road, probably, maybe. 
to get into the playoffs, I would be I would be shocked. But they're on a tailspin, and Jared Allen is out indefinitely hmm. with his finger, which is not good because that twin tower of Evan Mobley and Jared Allen has just been mm-hmm. so lethal on defense until the last three or four weeks, basically. Um, so it there's one of two ways that Mobley goes, I think, here, and that mm-hmm. is he gets a ton of touches and he just fills the staff boards up. Off which is what Wagner did, like uh, Franz Wagner did when uh, Jalen Suggs was out. He just got so many touches that he just got mm-hmm. like 25 points a game or something stupid. Mm-hmm. And he just climbed the boards, obviously. Um, or sorry, climbed the ranks of, of the rookie ladder. But I I have my reservations, which means that Cade and Scotty are nipping at his heels at the moment because – the Raptors, they've cooled off the last week or so, but they've been pretty hot. That's, uh, I believe, the seventh seed or the sixth seed in the East right now, and they're climbing. Mm-hmm. And Scotty has been playing off the charts the past few weeks. Uh, Cade has kind of regressed a little bit again, but again, like he, you're looking at a guy who's six foot six, six foot seven. He's a big body. He can pass. He can shoot. He can rebound. If if any of those guys goes on a run the last mm-hmm. three weeks, last four weeks. Like they could lock it down easily. And I think it's between those three guys. Uh, Giddy is hurt. Uh, Wagner, I don't think can get it just because he, his touches are cannibalized by Cole Anthony and, and yeah. Suggs. But I think any one of those guys, it's a coin flip right now. Like, I don't know what the odds are at Vegas, but I'm certain you could probably get good value. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is my idea there. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I, I definitely see it. I mean, like, there's been a lot of shuffling around in those, those like lower standings and like you were saying and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it's, it's going to like these last few weeks are going to be important for it seeming like all of the awards at this point, except for probably most improved player. I mean, that's going to be going probably to John Morant, right? To John Morant? Yeah. Do you, do you think so or no? I don't think so. Who do you think is going to then? I think it'll go to one of the group. That's like the miles bridges, uh, Darius Garland, DeJounte Murray group, I think. I think the John Morant thing, like, although he probably has improved the most, and I think that, I am curious, like, as we're talking about this, I'm going to check it up on Vegas. Um, I think, no, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, you were saying it. My point basically being that, like, it's usually, it seems, yeah, you know what? He is definitely the favorite. I, it just seems like guys that are at that level don't tend to seem to get the votes for whatever reason. Oh, yeah. Because they're already superstars. But I guess if we look at the past, like, yeah, Julius Randle wasn't an all-star and became an all-star. Siakam wasn't an all-star and then became an all-star starter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess I can see it. I guess that makes sense. Right now, in case you're wondering, the odds are uh, Morant and then Bridges, Garland, Murray, Simons, uh, Jared Allen, Tyrese Maxey, Desmond Bain. Talk about a good group of right? group players. My goodness. Right? That is No, crazy. it's so exciting. Gary Trent um, Jr. at 25,000, plus 25,000 odds. That's crazy. He's been great yeah. this year, though. He's been killing it. Um, yeah, no, I, I like again, like there's a lot of smoke screen, obviously, because John Morant is, you know, larger than life seemingly this season. Um, it, but like I think it's it's hard to even think about it because you think about last year and you think, oh, he's doing the same things he was doing this year. But I think the numbers really are really gonna show like how much he's improved. I think he's like up like plus six or seven points per game if i'm not mistaken um Which is about the range you need, yeah. yeah exactly so like and obviously like it, it seems like every game he has he has like an insane highlight like he is he is house of highlights like 
all over the place, you know, mm-hmm. he's just one of those guys that you just think that they're a superstar, but like, because he's only in like his, you know, first, you know, burgeoning years of his career, he can still learn something like this and not be like completely out of, you know, left field, I guess. But, you know, I do get where you're coming from. Like, it's just like, this guy should be going for MVP and not most improved player, you know? Yeah. It's, it's always weird because he's in that weird spot in the area where like, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily even vote for him for most improved. Cause I think like, he's like not too good for it, but like you're, if you're in the MVP conversation, I guess if you've improved that much that I, I can't complain about that. And I'm looking at defensive player of the year and I don't have a ton of opinions on defensive player of the year because there isn't really a good one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Go bear is the favorite. I always feel like it's just go bear. (laughs) It's just like it's go bear, Giannis, and Draymond. (laughs) And then I mean, there is Jaron Jackson Jr., Robert Williams, and Bam Adebayo. They're all pretty close, though. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are those are all pretty good. I don't know about value wise, but do you have a before we go? Just a quick one here. Coach of the year. Who you got? Oh my god. Oh Jesus. Because I got Frank Vogel. <laughs> he was coach of the year because he effectively coached himself off the bench. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Um he might sub himself in for Rass at this point. Uh I don't I don't have one. Do you? Uh Tyloo. Okay. Ty All right, I like it. I just I look at that clipper roster and it's yeah. Reggie Jackson is like your best player. Uh no Kawhi, no Paul George, and it's a team built for Kawhi and Paul George, and That's neither true. one of them's there, and they're over five hundred. Like, I, dude, I don't know how, but like it just feels like whenever the Clippers don't have an All Star, they just play better, you know? Like yeah, I mean uh, in the playoffs last year they were really good, right? You know, like it's just like they they almost like get worse when like you know Paul George or Kawhi plays or something like that. I don't know what it is. It's just like they collectively are all just like you know around the same sort of like play values. So like they all kind of like get each other's chemistry. I guess. I don't know. What do you think though? Yeah, I mean much of American media, like the ESPNs and the FS1s of the world, basically are always talking about like, Oh, last year. Well, Kawhi, that was his best playoff run ever. And I was like, hold the phone. But uh, 2019 was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, considering like his, uh, when you actually look at up to numbers, him and Siakam had the most points in uh, the playoffs of all time for a pairing behind only Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen in Are you uh, serious? I think it was 1996. Yeah. Like what? that's crazy. That gives you an idea of how high like his scoring and stuff was basically. Yeah. So I don't know if necessarily it was his best run, plus it ended in a torn ACL <laughs> sort of championship. Um mm-hmm. but I think you're right. I think guys like Reggie Jackson, like they live for that moment. Like you I don't know if you saw him play the Lakers the other day. I watched every minute. Oh of yeah. Game. He was, he, was the the best, he was easily the best player on the floor. Easily. Dude, that was the I, game where they were booing the Lakers, right? At the crypt or whatever you want yeah, to call it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crypto.com arena. Yeah. Um, I, yeah think, dude. I think people call it the crypt now, right? Is they should it? call it the crypt. They should. If they if don't, not, they, should. they should. Yeah. And we're going to say we're trademarking that they aren't already. <laughs> yeah, because the title chances are just like buried. That's why they call it the crypt. Because now the team's winning. Shit. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that is a perfect place for us to wrap up, I believe. Yeah. Um I don't have a lowest ass today. We haven't actually set one up for that, obviously. But I'm gonna hand it over to John to wrap this one up. 
Oh yeah, guys. Yeah, of course. So thank you guys all for listening. Uh, if you want to catch us on Twitter, we are at the lowest ask. If you want to catch us on our website, we're the lowestask.com. My personal Twitter is at threes Ketchum. And Caleb, what's yours? Mine is at real Caleb Lesko. Awesome. Fantastic. So thank you guys again for listening or watching wherever you're doing today. Hope you're doing a, uh, having a great day. Um, so whether you are a cat, a pigeon, a dog, a, what did I miss? Rat, or you're a clone. You're always family here as long as you buy in at the lowest ask. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. The lowest ask podcast is done by me, John, aka Three Says Ketchum, and Caleb Lesko, aka The Real Caleb Lesko. Our outro song is A Breath by Uzuhan and Sam Ock. Ok.